Into the Waste, episode 11. Veins of Ice. Hello, I'm not Matt. And I'm not Alex or Kerry. But we are Chad and Caitlin, and this is Game Junkies, I guess. Even though it's technically Dungeons and Junkies, and it's technically Mind Games. This is Dungeons and Junkies presents Mind Games presents <laughs> Into the Waste. Into the Waste. You can tell that we don't have to do these openings ever. My entire brand is built around winging it. I think we nailed it. We did. And if the others have anything to say about it, they can't because they're not a part of this episode. They're probably going, where is everyone else? And I'm like, they're all on a ship because someone decided to get himself kidnapped, well not kidnapped, imprisoned by himself last episode, Chad. Hello, I'm Chad, also known as Charlemagne Salazar, Ferris the Great, uh, Aristotle. I don't actually, that's probably- Archimedes. Archimedes. I definitely, I knew it was the A, one of the A names I went with. But yes, I, uh, last time, that was a great decision on my part. I knew otherwise others would be captured. So sometimes sacrifices must be made. It's all a game of chess. And those idiots did not understand that we weren't playing checkers right there. <laughs> they thought they were playing like go fish. There weren't even any, any, any like pieces on the board. They were probably playing hide and seek and forgot that Shambles was hiding. And assless chaps. <laughs> Still can't believe I said that. Well, end of last episode for you, because we jumped back and forth quite a bit between the solo, the solo prisoner and the chaotic rescuers. You had been strapped to a chair and was having creepy black stuff injected into your veins. Again. Woo! Enjoying all those nightmares. We are resuming about two hours after, you know, you started screaming in agony. You couldn't understand a massive amount through the haze of literal screaming fire veins. But the main bit you could grasp from those around you, because there were three individuals in the room, one more of a scientist kind of vibe, and two just kind of there to beat you up if you misbehave, as you do. But it's been about two hours of agony and they stopped injecting you with the stuff about half an hour in. And it's taken about, an, it's taken the further hour and a half for that fire to simmer to, it's there, it's an uncomfortable presence under your skin more than anything. And kind of the scientist kind of steps away from the equipment he was looking at to make sure, you know, you didn't die, you're welcome and it glances up and you hear the door, big metal door behind you and a creak open. Honestly, they need some WD-40 in here. Got to fix those hinges. And a more official looking, it's the same kind of, it's the same greenish shirt with the white insignia. He's got his belt with his sword with what you now know is a paralyzing agent. But he also has kind of a three stripes across his right shoulder, kind of similar to military honors, but not quite at the right angle for that. 
and he steps through and he's he's an ordinary human olive tan doesn't look very doesn't look very intimidating or anything he's he's quite like calloused from farm work and things but he kind of drags the chair round puts it in front of you sits down and looks you dead in the eye and just kind of goes hello how are you doing fantastic wonderful accommodations here you're as always the military here is always so fucking wonderful now now there's no need for that kind of language young man we're all friends here oh friends yes yes friends friends always strap each other's tables and inject them with liquids well you've been a bit of a nuisance as you're well aware i can't have you just roaming free imagine the trouble you could cause or are you denying ferris the great ferris uses all of his energy to muster a very wide smile. I deny nothing at all, friend. What I do ask, as as a friend, just loosen these straps just a bit. So you can wrap them round my neck? I wasn't born yesterday. Just a bit tight. Kind of nods to a guard next to you and one of because you were manacled by your feet and your arms, you kind of loosens your left arm by one notch. So it's no longer restricting blood flow, but see, I can be nice. Through just that wide, pissed off smile. So what can I do for you? I mean, you know how this goes, don't you? You've clearly been in this kind of situation before. I will ask you questions. You will answer me truthfully. If you fail to answer me truthfully, you will get hurt. You're all, all the same, Archie. You're right. I have been in this situation a multitude of times. So yes, please ask me your questions in three. Oh, it's way more than three questions. That was sarcasm. Oh, I know. I just don't care. I've dealt with worse than you, and I've gotten answers from all of them. Don't try to lie to me, little man. I will see it. The smile on Barrett, once again, just the gritted smile crosses Barrett's face. Right, as the DM, let me explain how this will work. This is very much a mechanic I've built now. The questioning system. Awesome, cool. Yeah. Hey, Jesus. Cross between GTA 5 and Metal Gear Solid. Well, there's no buttons to use horrific machines. (laughs) Basically, he's going to ask you a question. You are free to question. You can lie, tell the truth, or say nothing depending on your choices, depending on how much you aggravate them. You may get injured. 
you are still connected via an IV to their liquid system. It is up to you how much you wish to disclose, how much you wish to push the barriers and lying. But I will say, regardless of what happens, you're, you are not immune to death. You can't push the barriers completely or they will just kill you. Wait, so you're and, saying I, yeah. I could die here? You could die here, yes. What? Wah, wah, wah. And the stuff in your veins is going to have an impact going forward regardless, but how much of it is up to you here. Time to play the game. Let's play the games, man. I am ready. I am excited. Ferris the Great, a.k.a. Charlemagne Salazar, welcomes this challenge. Indeed. Imagine if this was how Charlemagne dies. <laughs> Off screen <laughs> for everyone else. Uh, well, my last notes were titled Charlemagne's Trip into Madness, and these are just titled Charlemagne's Solo Adventure into Hell. Charlemagne, Charlemagne's really bad day. <laughs> we will start easy. How did you escape prison? I walked out the front door. He kind of looks at you and he can tell you're not lying, which is what confuses him. How did you get out your cell? It was locked. The cell was unlocked and I walked out the door. Who unlocked your cell? Hmm. How far are you willing to let your reality be stretched here, sir. You know, like when people are nervous, they sometimes run their tongue over their teeth. He does that, and for a second, give me a perception. Uh, that is a 14. Uh, one of his teeth seems shorter than the others. I am prepared. Whether I believe what you say is another matter, but I will accept whatever you say. After all, I mean, Varys the Great died a long time ago, yet here you are. What's in a name? We were freed by a being that is beyond comprehension. Try me. Oh no, that's what it was. He was a being beyond comprehension. Name. Uh, I believe it was something Davros. Davros. I think it was Davros. You get punched in the face. You get socked right under the jaw by the guard who stood behind you to the right. Because you kind of you lean forward to essentially mock him with this, and you just get straight in the jaw. And you can kind of taste the blood, and he's kind of. Bit the blood to the side. I thought we were friends. I friends thought, don't I, lie to each other. I'm sorry I don't remember the name of the fucking god who was trying to manipulate my life. I'd moved on from it. I've moved past it. Oh, a god. Interesting. As I said, an unstoppable force. I thought a god was implied. I thought you were smarter than this. I thought we were friends. Well, people's definitions of unimaginable power and beyond understanding vary from person to person. 
Some people would say that our king is beyond their understanding. Others would say you are beyond their understanding. I mean, depending on how dumb the person is, they might say a cat is beyond their understanding. Well, I would expect more from you as if you clearly went to all of this work to string me up to this board and put these chemicals back into my veins, that you know who you are dealing with. So when I say a unknowable force, I truly mean an unknowable force. Right. Did this unknowable force get you out of the Institute as well? No, that was my own doing. You escaped a self-destructing building with the only way out blocked by 40-odd guards. Oh yes, I am Ferris the Great. I am quite powerful. I think your notes would entail that to you. Your no- My notes mention nothing of an ability to portal out of a building. To kind of flex through some papers to Black Crystal? That's quite a distance for an amateur magician. Do you not think it's wild how I've escaped so, so many times throughout the years and slipped through the fingers of so, so many different of your compadres and compatriots? Didn't you ever question how I did that every time? There's a little smirk on his face. He kind of looks at you and goes, Did you think we didn't know where you'd go? You're not that dumb. You're trackable. Easily trackable. You'd be surprised how, how much more effective it is to quash the hopes of the people and the re- little rebellions you started. If you give them a bit of hope, when you take that away, it's all the more devastating. You were a boon to us, Molinette. Is this your gambit? You're, you're going to try and tell me that I've just been playing into your hand this entire time. That's that's the route you're going to take on this, as I'm strapped to a board. Oh no, it's not it's not the end goal. It's just fun to quash some well, what, ten years of your life's purpose? As always, you military folks just always bring a smile to my face. Your lack of depth, just your just skimming of the surface of any bit of knowledge that you think you have is always just so enjoyable to watch. When you think you have a little kernel of a nugget of any piece of information, just to watch you enjoy it so much. Oh yes, oh yes, I have I have this little thing. All of you, you're all the same. And I don't care. Kind of looks to the scientist and just kind of nods. And you hear it before it gets to you, but you can just hear this little bit of liquid just creeping towards you slowly. But it doesn't burn like it did earlier. Uh, give me a con save. Uh, that one is a... 18. 
It's more like ice. It's not the wildfire that seemed to consume your veins before. It's creeping and slow. And just kind of, you feel, it's almost as if the blood in your veins is being stopped in place by this liquid and everything's creeping along so much slower than it should be. Like your vision fuzzes a bit as, well, it's taking a while for the blood to get to your brain. Everything is harder to process. Charlemagne, aka Varys the Great, once again, just smiles, goes, do your worst. I'll be here. I've only answered your questions correctly. All right, let's step this up a bit then. Where is the resistance base? I don't know. Lie. Think it lie all you will. I am no friend to the resistance. If your notes were any bit what you say they are of complete, you would know that I have butted heads with the resistance on multiple occasions. Yet two different members of their chosen, the core five as it will, have been witnessed assisting you and your party. An enemy of my enemy for a time can be a friend, but I bear no love for the resistance or knowledge of their home. Well, you've been to one of their bases. We know it's near Eagle's Tether, but where? I do not know. I was captured and taken there. But you emerged above ground. I emerged into a hellscape of the waste, which you apparently, once again, already know. So this question round, and you see that like a shudder goes throughout Varys as the you know liquid keeps creeping through, but he keeps the like strained smile as he's talking through. So once again, all of your little ploys and gambits that you are trying to get me at right now, I don't need to lie to you because you apparently know these things or be you're just fucking around right now. Bitter I birth. apologize for my language. Okay. Let's try a different tact then. Tell me about your party members. What would you like to know? Your opinions, your thoughts, what information you've gathered. You Take the... Not about your party members. You see, once again, I, when I left prison, I took the time to check and look to see what was up and what you knew about me. I also happened to be there with my party members, look, and you knew a fair amount about them already. So once again, explain to me what you want from me, or else just kill me here. As much as I prefer to kill you, I was outvoted. I was outvoted. You're apparently more useful alive than you are dead, but you know, that can change. Accidents happen, overdoses occur. 
We know the name of your party. We know you are fond of the young teethling, Isabella Argon, wanted for the murder of her mother and her brother, and apparently now her father, since we discovered his remains in what was left of the Institute. Amusingly, she's the heir to the Argon estate now, if she wasn't a wanted criminal. Oh, are you trying to make me crack? Oh no, I'm just curious to see your reactions. Did, did you think I cared for any of them? I'm Varys the Great. The, the, the individual means nothing to me. It is about the greater good. You know who Varys the Great is. Then you have the young dragon. Shambles Zealous, he likes to introduce himself as. Honestly, you should get him to stop signing his name on everything. It's a bit of a giveaway. Wanted for arson, though research indicates that only a small portion of the arson was actually his fault. Acolyte of the twin-tailed fox. He kind of pauses and reads that sentence again. Interesting. Oh, what? Have you read the pamphlet? I've read the old texts. Quintailed Fox is a very old religion. A very dead religion. So, is this now, since we're friends, is this, if I answer your questions, I get to ask you a question now? Like, sure. I feel that's only fair. I've, I've been totally truthful with you. Try me, but I'll be the same level of truthful with you as you've been with me. Once again, I have been nothing but truthful. As you see, once again, Varys might be chained to this, you know, board and have this venom being injected into his veins, but Varys is nothing if not a very cocky dick about his greatness, and he's, he thinks he's always ten steps ahead of the military, at least. He knows there's been situations where he was behind, but the military, he fears nothing. So you say you know of the Twin-Tailed Fox. I would love to hear about it, for I I can tell you that Shambles is nothing if not a terrible, terrible prophet of this religion, and the pamphlets tell me nothing. Right. A full religious lesson, why not? The Twin-Tailed Fox is a very old religion. It's, it's one of the first, actually, of the Lonely Vale. Obviously, gods like Yordonio and those of the balance have existed since however the world was formed, whether you believe in the scientific or whether you believe in the idea that those giants fell to our planet and crushed the world together to make these islands. Up to you. But the Twin-Tailed Fox has always been a beacon they say of peace, of prosperity, of pacifism. Pacifists. They are pacifists. Or at least they were originally. But the twin-tailed fox is exactly that. Twin-tailed. One tail may claim peace and prosperity and seek for conflict resolution, but the other will rain down fire and blood. Particularly the fire aspect. 
There's a lot of dark tales about the twin-tailed fox. I'm surprised your compatriot seems to be such a light-hearted individual, considering some of the atrocities that have been committed in his god's name. Does that answer your question? It does. I actually feel very learned right now, and even though this venom pumping through my veins is terrible, I'm glad we could come to this impasse of, you know, sharing information. Right. How Scarlet? Scarlet? Indeed. The name does not ring a bell. Roll the deception check. <laughs> you know what? is a 21. You got a 23. Really? Doesn't ring a bell. It's not like you, it's not like you'd sit, whisper her name in between screens. Why? I have not seen my wife for many, many years since my apparent death. Why are we keeping up this double deception? It's all about the game, isn't it? You know that I know exactly who you are. I know that you know that I know. It's... If we were children, we could go around all day with this you said, I said, I said, he said. Malaki. But... I don't think you quite understand what it is that's going on. I know you are Varys the Great. I also know that you are Charlemagne. And yet you seem to know so much about me, but I don't even know your name. Why would you need to know my name? We're not going to see each other again after this. I mean, I thought we were friends. What can you call me? You can just call me Calreo. It's not my actual name, but... Then again, Varus isn't your actual name either, so... As I said earlier, what's in a name? name Exactly. Names have power, Charlemagne, you know this. Well, you can call me Charlemagne, or Varus, or whatever you choose. Everything you think you know, I I don't truly know if you actually know anything. As I said, what's in a name? All right, you want to play big balls? Charlemagne Salazar, born in the village of Ramos in the northeast. A changeling, despite your two human parents. You were quite fond of a young boy named Rob, I believe. How'd that work out? Probably the first switch that he finally got out of Varys, but still the smile hasn't faded. You were... You were kidnapped and experimented on. Clearly a barbaric act. You can see like he's actually being genuine at that point. He doesn't approve of what was done to you, which is ironic considering this basically what he's doing to you right now. You vanished for about nine months, roughly. 
Then a further few months, there were a series of explosions and weird happenings around the town of Fildero, which is where I believe Scarlet is, or well, was. He worked at a pub. He ran afoul of a rather nasty Goliath, who, if it helps, is dead now. He ended up in jail for defending, or apparently defending, some villagers. Instead of using your clearly superior abilities of escape and subterfuge, as you said, you decided to remain in it. Why is that? Why is it that you care? Why is it that you're so adamant of me not knowing? Because, once again, I, I've given you information. I will give you information if I see there is a point to it. You knowing my intentions means nothing. As you said, this is our one and only interaction. So, my reasons. As I said before, yes, you've listed off a cavalcade of my life journey and things like that. But, once again, you just listing events and though you seem very smart and clearly you have been tracking me my entire existence you still know so very very little obviously or else you wouldn't have me here I would be dead ten times over I mean you're the one who surrendered to the guards they brought you to me it was not my choice to spare you when you revealed yourself on that ship. Were they there as well? Well, who's it with the what's it? Your compatriots. You don't seem like the kind of man that would just surrender himself randomly if he was traveling alone. I mean, you're clearly capable of disguise and concealment. You could have hidden quite easily if it was just you. Oh, it, it, it was not me, but unfortunately my compatriots were not aboard. I was trying to help a band of immigrants who were not to be in the country. They were all children. They were downstairs. And why would we prosecute children on their own, traveling, afraid, in a time of war? I know you have a low opinion of us, but we have education programs for Orphan children are not okay. as much of a monster as you make us out. Oh, these were very powerful children, whom which I know that would have been subjugated to not only education programs, but what we like to call re-education programs, to be fed into your wonderful military system. And I would not let that happen. So thus, I had to turn myself in. If we pretend for a moment that any of that is true. And we both know you'll, either, you'll neither confirm nor deny it, and I'm not going to bother to pursue that. But I'm, you are a fascinating individual. And it is a question... For, you ask what my intentions are with all of this. You ask what I want out of all of this. Why I'm bothering to sit down and talk to you instead of letting them keep pumping that liquid into your veins. I haven't decided what I'm doing with all this information. Can you roll me a history check? Stop rolling that die after this. Uh, <laughs> that is... That's still an 11. 
Okay, you don't you don't know a major amount, but you recognize that the three stripes on on his shoulder aren't a particular rank or anything within the military. There's something external to it. It's a bit like a visitor's badge. But you know, we don't have those here. <laughs> they don't exist in this universe. You don't have like a reception desk where everyone checks in real quick and puts their ID up there. Then they get the nice little visitor's budge that says their name. I'm a visitor. Nope. Oh, okay, cool. All you get is blood. <laughs> I haven't decided what I'm doing with this information. I could go to Alaric with it. Finally have exactly what he needs to sentence you to death. I could go to the resistance. I could go to your compatriots. Or I could keep it to myself. I mean, the individuals in this room, they work for me. They don't work. They work here, yes, but they they only work with the individuals I select. I could make this a lot easier on you, Charlemagne. So once again, I ask the question that I have asked multiple times during this interview. And at this point, I will actually full on shift back into just regular Charlemagne scarred face and everything and with the widest of toothiest grins that Charlemagne can give through pretty what do you want from me if you take 12 points of necrotic damage because this shift hurts you feel your skin kind of start to change but you also feel bits of it essentially boil and freeze at the same time it is very uncomfortable. I want answers more than anything. Yes, I followed you because you're a person of interest, but I followed a lot of people who were interesting, who ended up not being interesting. But when you blew up the Institute, that's when you actually caught my attention properly. Sure, I'd had a file on the back burner for a while, but that was more for insurance than anything. Do you not hear it? Hear what, Calreo? Do you sleep well? Do you hear the screaming when you sleep? Calreo, I hear a lot of things when I sleep. That is a discussion for people who are actually friends. You're saying we're not friends? I'm heartbroken. You're the one who is looking for answers. I don't fear what you will do with this information. I've lived my entire life under these sort of circumstances. Hi. And I will keep living my life. Unless you choose to kill me here on this spot. And then this is where my life will end. But even with all of your talk of destroying and knowing all the things that I've done is Barris the Great, or knowing that I'm Charlemagne, which you will never be able to crush from those ten years of Varys the Great, is the actual bit of hope. I know you say, oh, give it away and take it back. Hope doesn't work that way. The silly military will never understand. It's a small kernel, and it grows, and it grows, and you could chop it down. It's like a weed. It'll just continue to spread. The more and more you fight against the weed, the weed will grow stronger, more resistant, 
until finally the weed will encompass all and will no longer be known as the weed. The beautiful flower that some weeds are called. So please, don't tempt me with this. Ask me your true questions and tell me what you need from me. If you send it to me to death, then so be it. We'll see where the cards will lie. It's a big speech from a man manacled to a chair. And in a movement faster than you would have thought possible for him, he draws a knife from somewhere and actually slams it through your hand. Directly through kind of the tendons in your hand of the arm that he released slightly from the manacles and you are essentially attached to the chair through your flesh now. You do take seven points of bludgeoning damage from that. Charlemagne does. Keeps the smile through gritted teeth. It's already been a gritted smile and there was probably a slight wince, but just still smiling right at Cal Rayo. Kind of, he looks at you and you are getting on his nerves. Like you can tell that, like he's made you wince a couple times, you've made him wince a couple times. And he goes, look, I'm trying. It's a very hard question to ask without all the information. I'm trying to judge whether I should ask you, whether it's even worth me talking to you. You try and talk in circles around me, you give me your big speech about hope and the people and claim you're not afraid of death, but you are. Of course you're afraid of death, everyone is. You're not the most afraid of that you've lived through worse than just the end but what if i tell you there are thousands of souls trapped in that hell that you lived for nine months there are thousands there are other institutes there is a gaping hole in the waste and that darkness that cruelty is seeping through whilst you sit here and talk Once again, you are the one who has me strapped to a table. I didn't strap you to this table. You surrendered to the military. They brought you in. I got assigned this case because I maneuvered it so. You would be missing fingers and limbs and teeth if you had been given someone else. I am trying, Charlemagne. Trying to what? I'm trying to save us all. That's mighty big talk from a man dressed in that garb who has helped destroy this world that we live in. Says the man who blew up our only defense. Said the man that blew up his only defense because of things that were going on down there and that it too could no longer exist. It couldn't exist because it hurt you. You didn't think about the repercussions. You didn't think about the thousands of people that would die because you blew a hole in a magical barrier that has existed since before you were born. You think that barrier was just there for fun? You think those tales of corruption and poison and death were just fairy tales? Think people like Kalsaru are the only ones who want that kind of power? 
You think he's one of few? No, he's one of many. He talks to me as if I don't realize that I said this, my methods might not have been the best, but that place had to go. And there was no other choice. It was either blow it up and use my powers to leave and save myself or stand and face the military there and die on that spot. And I will always survive. It is my one quality that I have been the best at my entire time on this terrible planet we live on. You really don't see it, do you? How much you have in common with Boer. Practically a mirror image. This is the first time you actually that Charlemagne struggles at all against the chains. And just, it's a snap-like reaction of, like, reaching to try and hit someone for saying something so just impactfully terrible. And are you, are you out of your fucking mind? The ruthlessness, the cunning, the intelligence, the survival instincts. You think he is where he is now because he rolled over and did the right thing? think he didn't make the sacrifice play from time to time? You didn't think he didn't maneuver himself, remove objects that caused him pain, but had to go? Think he didn't have his own little adventuring party that were expendable when it came down to it? You and him are from the same cloth. You stupid little piece of military garbage. If you ever Speak to me in that way again. I tell you now, I don't know when and I don't know how. Even if you kill me on this fucking table I'm on right now, I will find you and I will rip your throat out for speaking to me in that fucking manner. You're right. I might be a bit ruthless in my manner, but tell you this. I am nothing of that monster. <laughs> you know nothing of him and nothing of yourself. You want to be a good example. You want good, you want good people to thrive. This world is not good. Beres, Charlemagne. Whatever you want to call yourself, none of us are good people. Good doesn't exist anymore. It is about survival. There isn't hope. It is about bitter determination. And you, my friend, are the king of that. As Vorer is the king of the lonely bear. We're not friends. No shit. If you want something from me, just ask at this point. And like at this point, Charlemagne just kind of leans back into the, the chair, just pissed off and kind of done with this entire conversation. I thought for a moment that there was something in you worth saving from these people. You call me military scum because I wear their uniform, but you don't look, you don't see. You refuse to look past the insignia. 
You think all these people joined the military because they wanted to? You claim you were saving children from re-education camps, but how many of the soldiers out there are victims of those same camps? I thought maybe we'd have a chance with you, with the resistance, with anyone. But I see now I was wrong. You hate being compared to him, but that white hot rage, that fury, that bloodlust, and that threat, that was more verre than anything you've ever said in your life. Good day, Charlemagne. And kind of, he, he just storms out, but on his way out, he does flick the switch on the machine. And you are given a double dose. So I will need two com saves from you. Uh, that is a, wow, actually, I'm glad I switched dice. That is a 23 and a 24. Okay. Neither crit. That's fine. 18 and a 19 on the dice. What's your current health? Uh, 31. I've taken 19 points of damage and I was at full health. Okay, you take 23 points of necrotic damage as he he nearly overdoses you in his rage. It's very, it's it's a creepily similar anger to what you had when you faced Kulsaru and you stormed through that wall of fire. It's eerie in that aspect. And he slams the door and the fire and the ice, those two feelings coincide. They collide with each other, really, within your veins, and it's... In a word, it is agonizing. It is very much like a war is being waged within you, and every side is losing. You can feel blood kind of dripping from your nose. There's ringing in your ears. It smells, despite the blood, it smells of sulfur and rot. Your throat... Yeah, it's these are also like just constantly morphing. They're just like they can't like contain their like it's your skin is like moving. Yeah. It's very much like something is alive beneath your skin and it is changing from your blue teethling Archimedes to Varus the Great to Charlemagne to around to that old woman you pretended to be to Kermit. Even for a few seconds, there are flashes of Dakota and Shambles and Sam and Sanctity and Annika and Tony and everyone, everyone remotely good you've ever known kind of flashes. And for a moment, you kind of, everything goes black. Because even though your eyes are open, you can't see for about five minutes. Because the blood vessels in your eyes have burst, it's just a black and red haze. When kind of your body's natural resistances slowly kick back in, you see like, you know when you're in pain and you kind of clench your hands, you clench everything essentially. What you've done is you've managed to pull the chains ever so slightly out. So you had the movement to clench your arms to your chest. But in that you've pulled the dagger from the chair and it's the skin has started to heal around it on both sides. So now there is a dagger 
surrounded by fresh, tight skin and every minuscule movement, every shake, every tremor of the aftermath of this pain is sending shockwaves through your hand as the knife just sits there. And the scientist behind you is like aggressively trying something. You're not sure what they're doing. And there's a moment of kind of cool, cooler liquid, not painful ice, but just kind of, you think it's some kind of painkiller. And the guards kind of look at each other and are very much trying to decide what the fuck to do now. And then it just kind of falls quiet. And everyone kind of looks at you. Scientist kind of kneels in front of you and kind of clicks his fingers either side to see if your pupils react. And then he realizes you only have one eye and is like, you still with us? How much range do I have right now on my chains? Let's find out. Probably four. You have three foot. How close is the scientist to me? Two foot. See, it's at that point in my <laughs> life. It's do I lash out now and go full Metal Gear Solid and just start trying to take hostages to get out of here? Or do I be calm for another moment? What would Charlemagne do? That's that's the real question. Charlemagne is a caged animal. And at this point, isn't, oh, at, at this point, one-eyed isn't, He's a caged animal. He would definitely lash out. I, I would, Charlemagne is going to lash out and attempt to grasp and get the scientist into a headlock and pull okay. him back towards him. Okay, so this is going to be an opposed grapple. All right. I don't get a lot to my strength, but I won't either. Uh, that is an 18. I only got a 13 because it's scientists be puny. So you essentially, he's kind of trying to gauge like whether your pupils are okay. He's kind of, he's not brave enough to try and take your pulse, but he's trying to see like that you're breathing okay. I'm like hanging in the chains, my head down. Your head's down and then Realizing that one of your hands is like kind of non-functional since there is a knife in it now. Yeah. You kind of clench, you get, use that hand and ignoring the agony, you kind of tighten the chain on your, on that side and lash out with the other arm and kind of hook it under his neck. That's leaning up to kind of look at you. You slam him back into the wall and you because you've got the chain in the other hand, you tighten it immediately and he is struggling for breath. He is choking in place. And both guards immediately pull their swords whilst this scientist is like, <laughs> please don't. Okay, so I release a little bit of pressure on the scientist's neck. <laughs> pull the knife out of my hand now. Can you lower the hand a bit? I can't reach the side. He's literally stood on his tiptoes to keep you from essentially hanging him in place. I, I lower, I loosen the chain just enough so that he can put his feet on the ground, but I still have a full grasp of his. Yeah, he's actually a halfling, so he's quite short. So he was like, 
Okay, do you want me to count down? Ooh. Just pull it out now. Okay. Frankly, you rolled well on that strength check, otherwise it'll all be fucked. With like a terrified look at you. And he kind of takes the one deep, it's not really a deep breath, it's a medium breath, because when he tries to go deep, it burns in pain. Because you've, you've bruised his windpipe quite badly yeah. already. With a chain, obviously, yeah. Yeah. He kind of, he yanks it out and like you feel the blood and you feel the pain, but it is like a two on the scale of what you've been through today. And there is just a gaping hole and you can see the muscles kind of like twinging in the aftermath. And you're just like, hmm. I would like to retighten the chain and then grab the dagger from the halfling as once his breath is cut off, he's not gonna be thinking about holding on to that dagger anymore. Uh, give me a dex check just because the hand that is tightening the chain is very slippy with blood. I get you. I get you. That is a 23. Jesus, okay, this is where we're going. Plus four. 19 plus 4. Am I going to have to plan a heist mission where they don't actually know you've left? <laughs> Suicide squad style. Yep. It's a very deft movement. You kind of, ignoring the chain slightly slipping, you kind of clench a nail, your nails in through one of the links and yank the chain up. And as this, the halfling instinctively kind of goes, tries to go higher, but it brings the knife just into your grasp and you kind of deftly take it from him as he is. The guards are both kind of stood, both flanking the door. They know that's the only way out. And they know the door's not like, you can't just barge it down immediately. It is a heavy metal multi-hinged lock. They're kind of both there just eyeing the scientist who is just, you can barely breathe, never mind speak. Okay, boys. <laughs> we all know the situation <laughs> that we are in right now. And we all have a couple choices. You know who I am. And you know that I am getting out of this situation. So it's just a choice of which one of you are also going to survive this. Or if I'm taking you all down. Okay. Give me an intimidation check, please. Oh, which dice roll are this? Normally... I'm basically negating the disadvantage you have from this essential torture session because this is fucking metal and I love it. <laughs> We're watching a lot of like crazy, like heist, like kind of things. I like, can tell. Movies. Like, and I was like, oh, I'm in chains right now. Like, oh, I'm terrified. Yep, I'm terrified to run blades for you lot now because it's just going to be like, yep, I take hostages and burn the place down while swinging from a rope. Uh, all right, that's only, that's an 18. One of them kind of drops his sword. The other one does not look moved at all. He's not even looking at the scientist. His gaze is entirely on you. And it's, you know how sometimes when warriors are so focused, they don't notice anything else and it's entirely a blank face and all there is is the eyes looking at you, watching for movement. He doesn't care that this halfling is 
nearly unconscious or that his partner has clearly just given up. He just knows that it's you and him. And he sure as hell isn't gonna be the one to die. Because as I'm choking the scientist, I would like to, Charlemagne would like to look at the guard who dropped his sword and I would like to persuade him and say, listen, you can save your friend, the scientist and yourself right now. Just stop him right now. As I like just motion towards his friend who clearly isn't like giving up the fight yet. Okay, that's another persuasion check. See, persuasion, I get more to than intimidation. So that's it why. is a disadvantage though. Damn it. Because You're a monster. You, don't, you don't know the history of these two guards. I don't, but yeah, that's good. I hope I do. Oh my god, that sucks so much. One of my die was definitely a crit 20. Uh, I still rolled a 16, but that just really grinds my gears on that one. He doesn't lunge towards like the other guard or anything. But he does kind of shuffle so that he's between him and you. And the sword is kind of poking at his chest. Seeing that, I would like to release the chain a bit on the the halfling scientist and say, unmanlock me right now if you know what is good for you. Let me just check something. Okay, he's not unconscious, so he can do that. Do you have had a chain around his neck for a while? I'm sure I'm along on that time. The other time, I mean, it was only, it wasn't as long and like real time made it seem like it was a lot longer than it really was. But that standoff, yeah, that was a while. Scientist's like, (coughs) (coughs) do you want me to remove the IV first? (coughs) You still have the needle in your arm. I know. No, I don't. I'll remove my own IV once it's just on medical, maybe immediately. Rip it out of my <laughs> okay, give me a strength check. You essentially you manage to snap the tube such that you have like the lit you have like the actual needle itself and the initial connector still there and you just kind of So thankfully when you ripped it you didn't because otherwise you would have ripped it kind of sideways and opened up a larger wound. Yeah, I, I feel you on that one. In my in my real life, Chad would never do that because as I said, Chad knows that you pull it straight out and then you're just done. But Charlemagne doesn't probably would know that. But Charlemagne has is not a trained medical professional. Neither is Chad. Chad just was in the hospital a lot as a kid. No, you do that and the scientist kind of do you still have him like slightly attached to the chain or yeah like i i've released him enough but i'm still keeping it like under his chin at all times like i'm not going to lose control of this scientist at this moment until at least my legs are unmanacled because he is like panicked panic looking around the room and he kind of turns to you and goes i don't have the keys you think that you don't have the keys is going to work here you if I let you go, you're not coming back to this moment, and I am not going to get out of this, so... I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I want you to let me go. I'm saying I don't hold the keys. The guards hold the keys. 
Well, you better do something very quickly, sir, as the scientist, or this is going to be one of your last few moments on this earth. Kind of, he turns and he looks at the two guards, and you realize the one that's not dropped his weapon is the one with the ring of keys on his belt. And the other guard's kind of looking back and forth between you two. And the scientist is crying. <laughs> But every time he, like, sobs, it hurts, so he sobs again. Well, gentlemen, we seem to have found ourselves in a Mexican standoff. What's a Mexican? <laughs> it's a literary term that you, I guess, probably haven't heard about. There's a lot of ballads that I read that others don't seem to, so. We all have something the other one wants. We all want to live. I want to get out of here. And you two, I assume, do not wish to see this scientist die as I have to gather that part of your job is keeping these scientists safe. Or else why are you assigned here? The guard who hasn't surrendered finally speaks. And kind of, he's still got the sword pressing into his friend's skin. He's still staring you down over his shoulder. And he goes, I work for Calreo. I don't work for the scientists. You can kill him, but you ain't getting out of this room. I will beg to differ on that, good sir. Way it looks, I'm holding all the cards here. You have a hostage I don't give a shit about. I have the keys. I have a weapon. I have access to my magic, and I know exactly which button to press in this room that will bring the other 50 guards at this point, I would like to ask, what kind of armor is this? these guards, you know, clad in? They, you can't see very much of it because they've kind of got military jackets over the top. But you kind of get a glint at chainmail coming out of the guy that's dropped his weapons. Because he's not in, like, the battle position. He's kind of... And they're not wearing helmets or anything, right? No, they're not wearing helmets. And that is why what I would actually like to do is while this conversation has been going on, can I, like, I am pretty deft with my hands. I've been caught by the military a few times. I've dealt with these situations. The dagger in my hand, I actually would like to use to try and pick the manacle lock to my, with that hand that I have the dagger in. Which hand do you have the dagger in? It would be in my left hand, the one that was stabbed. It would have to have been the one that I caught the dagger with, honestly. Okay. The only thing that really makes sense. Okay, roll me, a, roll me two sly of hand checks. That is a 17 and a crit 20. Okay. The first one was to make sure you didn't drop the knife as you maneuvered it, because you are still bleeding quite heavily from this hand. And you know, blood be slippy. But you kind of, as this conversation is going on, you're both staring each other down, so none of you are really looking at around. This is very much the standoff. You kind of, you're maneuvering your hand, and like, it hurts like a bitch. 
I will say that that is four points of piercing damage because you are essentially continuing to tear the muscles that have been sliced in your hand. You know, sometimes you gotta sacrifice almost all your health to try and Sometimes you've gotta near death to yeah. get out of the situation. But you do, you feel like if you pulled your hand right now forward, it would the manacle would fall off. But I'm assuming you don't yet because you don't want to give away your play. No, no, definitely not. I still uh I do is there all right, this this is a play that I I don't know if you want a performance check or what, but after I do fix that one, I want to try and get the knife into my other hand. And as I am maneuvering the scientists like up and down with this, I'm wondering if they're like this guy, I'm like trying to keep focused eye contact with him. Like that's all I'm doing is I'm I'm trying to talk this guy into just not paying attention to what I'm doing with my hands. Full on. They called me a fake magician earlier. Fine, you want a <laughs> fake magician. I will be a goddamn fake magician, and I will keep your attention with my eyes while I'm doing something over here with my hands. Okay, give me give me a sleight of hand and a performance. All right, I need you again, Dai. You've been, you helped me out here, come on. Please, Dai. All right, that's, uh, so a sleight of hands, only an 11. And then performance, it's only a seven, not good. Neither of those are enough, I'm afraid. No, no, no I didn't assume they would be. You go to like drag the scientist, but you, you don't quite accommodate the height factor. So it's not at his head. Like as much as he's stretching up to be able to continue to breathe, his body is not actually blocking the knife from view. And the blood and things makes it glint almost in this pale white light that you've been bathed in. And as you kind of try and chuck it from one hand to the other and it slips and it clatters to the floor. And you're all just kind of looking at each other like, hmm. I will need you to make me a deck saving throw, please. Uh, that is a 21. Mm. Okay, you managed to essentially hurl yourself to the side and the blade that the guard was holding and was pointing at his friend. Actually, he goes through his friend. Yeah, directly through kind of the shoulder point, just by like where the shoulder blade is, through. And because you moved and because you have the scientist, it goes into said scientist. I'm just gonna roll. They both need to roll on saves. Okay, the scientist is in pain and has like a large wound a bit too close to one of his lungs. But the other guard is dead. Because he, like he dies from immediate blood loss and shock. Because what happens is it goes through a shoulder blade through one of his, through the top of one of his lungs. But the crawler mucus that's on all of these blades 
freezes him in place and freezes his body's instinctive reaction to try and repulse, get rid of this venom, and he has a heart attack as an immediate reaction and slumps to the floor. Which is very gnarly, considering it his whole weight is dragged through the blade. So it just kind of comes out his shoulder and there's like a big spray of blood. The scientist is covered in it and is not happy about it. All right. And yeah, the guard is, he tried to kill you and you missed. I was gonna say, so to set the scene at this time, I still, I have my left hand is now still manacled, but unclasped. Like I could take my hand out at any time. I had the scientist in my right, like, class. The sword has now stabbed through the scientist, and I'm assuming next to me, into the board? It's literally, like, shaving your side. So, yeah, so into the board next to me. And the guard is now also right next to us. Yeah, he's lunged forward, so he's about five foot. All right. With that, with my left hand being unmanacled and everything like that, I would like to fully release the scientist. And with that length of chain that is now released, I would like to wrap really quickly around the uh, guard's arm where he stabbed into it. So I now have the control of his arm and that sword. And then I would like to reach out with my bloody hand and just thumb to the eye. I would like Whoa. to, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, I am literally just trying to grab his face and thumb right into his eye. So I have control of his arm and he can't pull away from me because I can use that grasp of that chain to wrap there to get an extra bit of, and he's already stabbed into the post, so. I want control of his arm and then my hand on his face. Okay, I'm gonna call this two dex attacks. And I will do two dex. I'll do a strength save and a dex save. Strength, try and keep control of the sword and dex to avoid getting his eye poked out. That is a 17 and then a 23. And that's a 16 and a 22. I was just gonna ask if I needed it, could I have added my proficiencies as well to it? Cause I only actually added my- <laughs> Are you proficient there. in chain and eye poking? I think I would be, I think I would be. <laughs> that's a question I did not need in my life. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> I'm gonna say you have it. You essentially, you drop the scientist who is, with all that, he's bleed. Well, he's useless to you. He's bleeding out and he can barely breathe. Like you've collapsed his windpipe by this point. He's as good as dead. I do feel slightly bad about that, but he was a piece of garbage scientist for the military, so. You should get them a sign that says, not the fucking military, Charlemagne. <laughs> Hey, he was part of injecting me with this shit, so he's got some part. That in this bit guy. is fair. Yeah. He's not the military. <laughs> he's got some part in this fucking gold shitstorm that we're a part of. But you drop the scientist is dying next to the other dead guard, and you lunge, and it's 
practically balletic. Like it is graceful shit. As you wrap, you kind of twirl the chain such that it catches his arm as he goes to try and pull the blade back. Twists it, locks his elbow to his side. So he can only really move his wrist. But you have control of like the elbow and the shoulder joint to move it. And with your other hand, you reach out and you kind of you've mat you've like you've got blood all over your hands and things, but you still have nails. And you just kind of lunge out, get dig your hand into his eye socket and squeeze. And you feel the eye give way. And he screams in agony. And if you didn't have control over if you hadn't done well on that on that check with the chain, he would have tried to stab you again. He kind of writhes in place and he's screaming and he's crying. And he's actually trying to bite you. Unlock me now. I fucking warned you. I told you I would get out of this situation and you could have walked out of here and now we're both only having one eye. Choose now if you want to live or die. My fucking eye, you bastard. Fucking reason. You just killed your friend and another I just killed my brother, you bastard. That was your choice. I offered you a way out of this. Anything you can do to us is so little compared to Calrayon. You know what? It's so little. You, I can take your life right now as I dig a little farther into the eye socket with my thumb. <laughs> How little is this? Fucking kill me, you coward. My brother's dead. The scientist is dead. Calrayon will skin us alive. Fucking try and make it on your own out there. I dare you. Once again, you people are so small-minded. I offered you the opportunity to walk out of this situation. Your brother, this scientist, all of us. You've been fine. But no, you had your fucking false sense of loyalty. And now you've brought it to this. You call me a coward. You're right. Ask for death right now after what you've done. Yes, I'm the coward. Give me a perception check, please. Uh, perception is only a 14. Okay, give me a deck saving throw, please. That's not great. That, though, is a 22. You just avoid a dagger to your gut. Because... <sighs> If you remember, all the military carry a sword, but they also have a dagger on their belts. He's, like, as much as you pinned the arm with the sword, he's kind of, as you've been so focused on his face, he's got the dagger out and has tried to slam it into your gut as a last resort. I didn't want to do this. And with that, I will full-on put the thumb as far forward as I humanly can. I'm not even going to make you roll for this. I will reach brain. I don't know. What here's a here's a question for D and D. What do you roll to squish brain? <laughs> oh, concerning. This episode got a lot more metal than I was expecting. Put a caged animal in the corner. And Indeed. This is what happens. 
I love it, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Only in my campaign. I thought about not, but then you were like, what would Charlemagne do? And That's it the is, thing. Uh, it is 100%. Charlemagne is full on a survival, like, changeling to the end. So survival instinct kicks in. I mean, it's the same rule I've been trying to follow with Damien more now. It's, would he actually give a shit or would he just fuck off? And it's, no, he'd fuck off. He'd sit on a sign and watch Wyatt almost die. In a hallway, <laughs> hilariously. I'm very glad I thought about that little just moment there when he was talking about, what's the rest of the party doing? I was like, oh, Damien would definitely just be on that kiosk. Just as a bird for. <laughs> oh, I could have left already, but I don't need to. Yeah, he's just reading a magazine, like lifting it with his beak. No, essentially what you do is you kind of look down at the dagger, almost disdainfully. You kind of look back up into his good eye, his only eye now. With my only good eye. Yeah, eye to eye, if you will. Eye to eye. And he's going blind and also dead. And you kind of... You let, you release your grip slightly on the eye and kind of twist your hand such that it's two fingers. And you just, you essentially go as if you're trying to punch something behind him and just slam through. And this hurts, like you are essentially punching through bone into his skull, but you feel the bone give way and crack under your hand as he screams and then his screams just stop as you collide with something else soft and he kind of he slumps off you onto the floor and you see blood and like the remains of his eye and like brain spinal fluid cerebral spinal fluid just dribbling across the floor hold on you've murdered three people (laughs) Uh, and with that, I would like to then reach down to his key ring, grab that with my very bloody hand at this point, and release myself from the rest of my three manacles. I'm going to give you that for free, because, you know, it can take as long as you need. I just want to fucking hear. Master of Chains. I might uh, chain Charlemagne, too. That's, uh, that's his new name. <laughs> Breaker of change, Charlemagne. Yeah. Khaleesi of the Great Glassy. So many great things now. Uh, yeah, so you're free. That, I, I think that Charlemagne would actually fall to, like, I mean, out of exhaustion after I, like, just down to a... <sighs> like, full... On all fours just heavy breathing, hard, like bleeding from very many places at this point and still veins burning. Like Charlemagne, though he just survived this ordeal is on the cusp of death. I I mean, for the tape, I have four HP left. <laughs> so it's, it's it, it was great. Like there's a lot of cool things that went full on solid snake but it took everything that Charlemagne had to get through this so after I would like to try and root through the uh, guard stuff see if they have any kind of like potions or health or anything like that I'm also going to steal their like armor and 
such like that. And I am going to, after I steal all this, and if I see any, do I find any health potions or anything? Do because no, I like... you do not. Cool. Because uh, they would not carry them. Yeah, that's, that's highly possible. I would then actually like to not take their armor. And instead, I would like to take the scientist's coat. Okay. And I look at my hands and my, like, boiling veins, and I go, I'm not, can I, like, go to the door first? Can I, you said it's a giant metal door. Is like It's a big metal door. Is opening it, like, going to make a huge sound like even t- like every time it's opened have i heard any like massive sound or anything like that so when Talreo came in and went out it was the kind of it's the kind of creak you'd hear if you didn't have headphones on so if you weren't involved in a conversation with someone you'd hear it i have to chance it i would like to just open the door enough that i can like peek out to like look down and see where i'm at because i don't honestly fully know exactly what's going on outside of where I am. Okay. I couldn't remember if I, if I was still being, or was still in the same spot that they, I was You are in. in the education facility currently. That is where oh, they dragged okay, you yep, to. Okay. You kind of peer out that door and it's basically just a long corridor with a series of, a series of metal doors and you realize that the inside of these rooms are, seem to be soundproof more than anything. Because you kind of hear the dis- difference in pressure as you open the door properly. So clearly no one heard that fight. And the screaming and the coughing and the yelling and the agony. <laughs> Lucky for you, Caitlin thought of that. Okay, uh, with that, I would like to, I'll leave the door where it is. Um, can I look, as I said, I grabbed the scientist lab coat. Is it covered in blood? The bit by his lung is. Okay, then actually I will say, I'm gonna put back down and I'm going to grab the armor of the guard that I killed myself, not the one yep. that was killed by the guard. Because that should not be covered in blood, except for maybe a little bit from just leaking down. But in general, that was on me. I it is, but it's on the um, it's chainmail, so it's fairly easy to kind of. Yeah. That I after I look at the armor, I'm gonna look down at myself and I go, "Okay, body. I know this is going to hurt, but please, we have to find our way out of this." And I am going to, with much trepidation, I'm going to ship into the guard that I killed. Give me a con check, please. Check or save? Check. That is a uh, 18. Okay, it, it's agonizing, but it's doable. And you managed not to scream. Yay! Question mark. And then I will put the, I will fully loot the body of the guard that I killed. 
and I'll put the armor on. I, I will put his pants on as well. I'll do everything. I'll grab the sword and everything so that that's I look like a full-on guard. So you're taking the jacket, the belt, the chainmail, the Take sword. I am stripping this body bare. Got that. I will flag that you do still have the armband around your arm that is inhibiting your magic. The guard's jacket covers it, no. but it does. It is still there, and you haven't figured out a way to remove it yet. Oh, yeah, There's no, no like that. removal tool on them or anything. I, that's why I haven't messed with my. I know that my magic has been unavailable to me, and I've had no means to try and mess with that. Well, it's life. available, but yeah, I, I don't have the health to mess with my <laughs> magic right now, all right? That's, yes. that's why I've got full Metal Gear Solid on this entire yeah. mission. You've learned okay. I don't fuck around with anti-magic. Yeah. Okay. With that, though, after I've sorted myself, I am now in the full garb of the guard. I also would have put the and dragged the bodies like away and put them behind like that little table that I was so that like at least if someone opened the door they would have to take a moment to see that there are three yeah. bodies in the room do you like put the scientist in the chair like slumped as if he was a prisoner yes of course obviously thank you I just yeah. like that mental image <laughs> yeah I, I definitely shackle the scientist back into the chair that Charlemagne was <laughs> yeah. in and I, I reinsert the uh, uh, freaking black <laughs> broken ooze. ass ivy. Yeah, broken ass ivy, very destructively into its arm, just to really signify my point. Okay. The corridor is the main thing you can see from the corridor, and the rough memory you have of being dragged in is it's this. This whole building is just a series of soundproof rooms with they're all small soundproof rooms in one half of the building and the other is essentially like a big auditorium kind of thing where they do group education in big liberal liberal air quotes so you know you're in the north part of the building and you know that basically every corridor here leads to the front door because when you go in through the front door you go right if you want to go to the single cells the stage one cells and if you want stage two for groups then you go left so it should be a fairly straight shoot to the door yeah unfortunately as much as Varys the Great and Charlemagne would like to pretend they would try and save some other souls right now this is a full-on survival mission so Charlemagne as a guard very casually though not in any kind of just weird way, we just begin to proceed down the hallways to be heading towards the exit. Give me a performance check, just because you are, as you stated it, fucking close to death and shaking and... Uh, that's a 19. Okay, yeah. You're a bit, you're left, your hand with the hole in it that you've kind of, you kind of have like on the hilt of I was gonna say, I feel like I put it, I put that hand in a pocket. I'm just walking. I'm one of those guys who always walks around with that hand in their pocket. Just you no. Know, yeah, these trousers don't really have these don't really have pockets, so you've kind of tucked it by your belt. So no one really looks twice at it because you know everyone knows what's on the guard's belts. 
things to kill you with. That hand is shaking, but because because it's by the belt and obviously your whole body shakes when you move because that's what movement is. You kind of get you get to the door with little. There's a couple people who kind of nod at you as you go past, but this is very clearly a place where you don't really know the people you work with unless you're on a close quarters team. There's a lot of bodies about at all times and a lot of shifts. Yeah, and so you Charlemagne has to play off. You have you walk past about you walk past about seven guards and about five scientists, and you kind of you emerge into the daylight actually. Because it is about 4 p.m. Most of the people you came in were clearly going in as if to start what they were doing rather than the end of the shift. So you kind of appeared mid-shift. But, you know, sometimes you forget something in the barracks or sometimes your boss sends you to go get something else. You're not an escaping prisoner, what? All right, so DM to ask you uh, on the map. Where exactly am I coming out? Am I coming out like near the yard? The canteen? You are coming out by the town square. And then am I coming out between the resolution rooms or just like isolation? So I'm right between there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's that's what I needed to know. All right then. Uh, Charlemagne in full fucking guard. Uh, shapeshifter mode. Look around for a moment. Uh, I don't. Do I clock anyone out like in the yard right now? Like since I'm now in like open space. There is a group of. There's a group of guards kind of watching a bunch of prisoners on recreation time, which is mostly them sitting, rocking back and forth, and crying. And there's a larger group of both guards and prisoners in the town square next to some kind of stage. But every other building that you can see, like you can kind of make out the isolation rooms and the armory and things, but those buildings don't seem to be busy. I would actually then like to make my way towards the armory if I could. Okay. Hmm. You will go round the town square at this point. You go. Are you going to glance in? Or what's happening? Uh, or are you going to ignore? I, I would like. To, I. I. As the, since there is everyone gathering around a stage, I would like to kind of like glance in. But look, look, I'm like a patrol or something like that. Like I'm a slow patrolling my way towards the armory. Like I have a mission there to go to the armory, but I also want to hear what's going on on the stage. I work here. I'm here all the time, you know, it's just the kind of way things are. Okay, I'll give you that just because it's just walking and everyone's focused on the stage. Which is set up for an execution, I'm afraid. There are five individuals kind of stood like ramrod straight on the stage. You recognize they're all in similar prisoner garb to you to what you were wearing which is kind of mainly just like a black and white shift. It's not very much. But they are stood ramrod straight as a senior member of staff who's wearing who's wearing a dark blue shirt instead of a green one with the insignia on it. 
is pacing back and forth and giving some dramatic speech. Kind of there going, this is what happens to dissenters. This is what happens if you do not accept the gift of re-education. We have given you the chance to learn from your sins, to become functioning members of society. And this is how you repay us? With lying, with cheating, with escape attempts, with violence against our staff who just want to help you. I make an example of them so you will learn. Please listen. You don't see exactly what he does because it's a very minute hand gesture and you're a bit too far away to see the detail. But he kind of moves his hand in a complex pattern and you see all five of the people on the stage grab where the where the band is on their arms. And you've always had a sixth sense for magic, even when it's suppressed right now. And as much as it burns, your magic can't help but warn you that this is bad. Like it is blaring warning signs at you as these people actually, they're kind of seize in place and they kind of writhe and you see these black veins crawling up. And you know how you were choking that guard earlier? They are being choked by their own blood constricting their airways. And their faces go purple and their eyes glaze and they just collapse. All five of them at the exact same time. And you see like a twitch in death, but the blood under your skin is roiling as well in reaction. Can I make a perception check on this person who just did this to know yes. exactly everything that they look like <laughs> and like exactly how they just sounded right there and speaking? Yes, you can. That is a 16. Okay, you grasp that he is dressed and speaking as if he is second in command of this camp. He's not the big boss. He's the medium boss that acts like the big boss because the big boss isn't here right now. He's busy. <laughs> you see, he's a tall, he's a very tall high elf with kind of mousy brown hair, quite pale skin, like startling gray eyes and a very like sharp, features like his his jawline could stab someone it's this kind of level he has a slightly broken nose and the tip you're like the elven tip of the ears his left ear has been like cut that is missing there's no other real distinguishing features about him and you have no idea what his name is but that little detail with the ear would make him very easy to track down in future i Unfortunately, don't do anything about this situation. I just keep going. I clock it. I know I see everything about this guy. And yes, Charlemagne's blood boils at the hearing of what they're saying. But knowing the situation that once again, that they have found themselves in and their survival instinct fully kicking in, they... They know they they would love to just lash out with the gladius sword they have in their hand at this guy, but it would help nothing at this moment. 
and I will keep going towards the armory that I see is not guarded at this time. The armory isn't guarded. There is a key code to get in. Uh, I grabbed all of the guards' like clothes and items. There's no note or anything with the key code written on it. Give right. me a perception check, though. I was going to ask two things about this keypad that I... Can I see if any of the numbers look like they are worn down? Because an armory would have to be entered a lot. I mean, keypad has to be keep hitting. Those numbers would be worn down. And secondly, on the keypad, is there like little like like lights that show how many numbers I need to put in at once? Or total? But I will roll a perception check right now for you, DM, for sure. Oh my God, I love that die. Uh, it's it's a dirty twenty. I only get okay. I get plus one to perception. It's really like I just need my die to come up every time we roll perception. There is there are five little lights, and the seven is quite heavily worn down. But as you kind of you clock this, you're going okay. Seven is a big part of this. Someone clears their throat next to you. Oh, hello. You glance and there is a gentleman leaning against the wall, quite casually, not dressed in the guard attire, but dressed in a gold and white suit with a cane. Now you don't know who this is, but when he speaks, you recognize the voice as the voice that Dakota identified as her patron and as the same voice that whispered to you from that knife that you took from her and kind of he's leaning on his cane one hand on the wall and it's like I could tell you the code I know not really your name or much about you but I know that accepting you telling me the code will cost me something my name is Edward Dagon. You can call me Edward. You can call me Mr. Dagon. You can call me your Lord and Master. I have no real preference. That last one was a very interesting title you chose to take there, Mr. Dagon. Well, people like to worship a power greater than themselves. I'm just quoting what others have used for me before. In other words, I worry why you're here right now. I, can I look around to see if the rest of the world is still moving about? They are. I've dealt, like, there's I've dealt no, with there's a lot no of time power. wizard shit. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've dealt with a lot of powerful creatures, and every time I deal with them, it seems that time stops around. Time hasn't frozen. You're kind of stood next to the armory door, but people are still going in and out. It's just they don't care that either of you are there at that moment. It's a very intriguing situation, Mr. Dagon. You're a very intriguing individual, Charlemagne. I can see why Dakota took such a shine to you. Yes, so you are the one who told me that they would see me soon, huh? Correct. I did not predict it would be here. I mean, I'd rather it be on the ship. It was much nicer accommodations. Mr. Dagon, I 
am doing all I can to be as civil as possible as I understand that you're probably quite powerful. <laughs> and at this moment, I am not at my strongest. I am in a bit of a pickle here. I, I do not know why you are here. I assumed the worst, but if assistance is what you offer, I do not know if I could honestly resist it. Part of my reason for being here is curiosity. Another part is, well, obvious manipulation on my side. Part of it is simply, I mean, I, I admire your work, Charlotte. You are clearly a twisted individual, yet you strive to do good sometimes, but you're powerful. I respect power. That's why I gave Dakota some. Though she's, her loyalty has been questionable as of late. And considering you seem to care about her, and in some sadistic way I do too, I'd thought you'd want to meet me before the chips start falling, as it were. I'll once again, look about to make sure that this interaction is not causing any upheaval. They do not give a shit. Edward, as it was. Dakota deserves better than you. If you need a sacrifice, flash. Don't need a sacrifice. Not that barbaric. You seem to care about her. She is in danger. From her own actions. You do not simply break a pact with a warlock deity. You do not break a pact with your patron. Especially when it is one-sided. Dakota broke her connection with me during your time on Black Crystal. Do you know what happens when a pact is broken? The worst, I assume. Depends on the individual, but partly it is dependent on how much of a person's identity has been based around their pact. And in Dakota's case, that is the majority of her young life. Her family didn't give a shit, so I helped raise her in a way. I taught her instruments, I taught her how to read. A lot of her understanding of loyalty and power has come from me, which means her breaking the pact on her end is going to kill her. And as furious as I am at her for deceiving me and for lying to me and for not doing as she was bloody well told, I still, in my cold, dead heart, give a shit. And you mean a lot to her, so I wouldn't just leave you here to die. If I need to trade my existence for Dakota's, I will give you that in mere seconds. I will give you my allegiance immediately if it will save Dakota. They are but still a child. Though they have gone down a very dark path and 
though I do not agree with your methods, or at times my own, they deserve better than both of us. So if I can in any way take their pact on to save them, I will do it in not without more than another breath. And with that, he doesn't like it, but Charlemagne will take a knee in front of Edward. Interesting. I've never seen such steadfast loyalty to someone not related to my blood. People are fascinating. You will have to take on an element of her pact. I will not demand you take on the entire thing because, I mean, you're interesting enough with your abilities as they are. But I want to change that. But you will take on a part of it. And I will guide you to you taking it does not immediately cure Dakota. Part of this is something she will have to battle off herself because it was brought by her own choices. I can't alleviate that. But if we can find another source for her abilities, do you know what? Do you know what powers she goes with now? I didn't sense any other pact connection, so I know she's no longer a warlock, but... The fire. The fire burns deep within her bloodline. Phoenix, oh, her father. I forgot that old goat used to be a phoenix sorcerer. We need to find something more than just her bloodline to connect to that fire. Obviously, it'll take me a little while to track it down, but this point, Varys, aka Charlemagne, aka the guard of this uh, camp, Alak, will stand up and be like, I understand all of this, but at this fucking moment, I can't do anything to help this situation unless you can, as you say, give me this code. 72477. Meet me by the front gate in 20 minutes. He just strolls off, whistling to himself. He gets a few odd looks, but no one, like, confronts him about it. What a consternation is the guard face of Charlemagne at this moment as he slowly turns back towards the armory. Everyone, like, you get the occasional look because you're just lingering by the armory door. But no one's questioned you yet. I would like to enter the armory using the code 72477. I was like, did he write down the code? He did. You thumb it in, like, fairly smoothly. Like, you've known this number your whole life. Swing open the door and it's a lot colder in here. 
Like they very much keep everything. You think they keep all the weapons at like a slightly colder temperature so they don't have to constantly reapply the paralyzing agent. So obviously heat will spoil it over time, etc. There are rows of these swords. Rows of some form of like baton thing with like a twistable segment at the bottom. But you're not entirely sure what it does, but you don't really want to find out. There's some spare chainmail bits, there's there's like a whole chest full of like confiscated makeshift knives that people have tried to make from toothbrushes, random sticks, jagged bits of metal, bits of their manacles, etc. Honestly, the ingenuity of prisoners is insane. It's very startling how when someone is confined into a small space, the amount of ingenuity they can figure out. It's insane how many things can be made into a ship if you try hard enough. Really is. With time and just pure resolve, it'll happen. There's a lot of this. There's a couple, like, maps of the prison. Well, not prison, the camp. There's a couple of compasses, a few writing materials, etc. I am looking for the first aid station here in this armory. Gotta be one. Give me an investigation check. Please. That is a investigation. That is a mighty or no oh, sixteen. Okay, there is a makeshift first aid kit here. Only because you rolled well, because otherwise I'd tell you go to the fucking infirmary. <laughs> I know, but there's got to be something in the armory. Like, they always keep them around, like, here in the armory. Yes. There is, like, around. a makeshift box in the corner filled with, like, it's like half-drunk potions and things, so clearly they've kind of chugged a bit of it in an emergency and not finished it, and it's... I would with reckless abandon will chug a whole bunch of these potions. Just try and regain any any sense of health. Okay, con save just because you're chugging like a maniac and definitely mixing liquids. And we all know from alcohol that's not a good idea. That's and that's okay, because I rolled a wonderful because I am a sorcerer, so I get advantage on that. Or not advantage, but proficiency. So that is a 24. Cool. What kind of die should I say this gives you health back Where are my D12s? I like that. I like that sound of D12s. That makes Charlemagne happy. Yeah, you're not that happy. It was a fairly shit roll. You get 14 health back in total. Hey, 14 health back is wonderful. I love it. See, Charlemagne. You now have 18 health. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you see, Charlemagne literally find this uh like first aid kit and then just open it up and just chug every one of these potions in it just like making sure looking around that no one's watching he's just chugging each and every one of these i'm pretty sure several of these are whiskey <laughs> hey helps out anything helps yeah so you know the gaping hole in your hand doesn't hurt as much uh all right after that i would like to look over i'm gonna grab one of these batons i'm gonna actually grab two of these batons so i have two of them and i'm gonna sheath the sword and i'm gonna 
just are there any other armor bits or anything about there's a few pairs of boots that are like steel toed i i would definitely like to switch out my boots then for a better set of boots it takes you a while to find a pair in your size and you'll probably get blisters but hey ho better than I, being I, dead. I, I shift, I changeling my feet into the right size for those things. It hurts because you've still got ice fire in your veins yeah. and it's very uncomfortable. All right, uh, with that though, uh, now, now re-armored up, I have these batons and everything like that. Can I make a quick like check on an arcana check on these batons to try and figure out what they do? You can. Yeah, now I roll like crap. Uh, that, I mean, it's still a 15? Yeah, 15. Give me an intelligence saving throw. Oh, fuck. Uh, that is a 10. Okay, the moment you try and kind of do magic detection, the armband on your arm kind of senses you're trying to do that, and it, it just squeezes. But it's it's very much, it tightens by a large amount. So it's not blocking the blood flow in your arm yet, but you have the feeling that if you push this too far, you're gonna lose. You're gonna either lose an arm, or it's gonna be really fucking obvious you're a prisoner and not a guard. All right. With that, um, can I look around the armory to see if there's any tools that I might use to remove said armband? This is where they would keep a lot of shit. I feel like so. Is there? I'm going to say, I'm going to just not even bother make you roll no. It's not kept here. Okay. All right. That's fair. Considering they carried the armbands on them and they like readjusted it when you went through the entrance, your brain has a feeling that it's only the entrance and exits that they've allowed to fiddle with the armbands. As you'd always be escorted through those. Okay. Then re-armored and... Now, not knowing what these, you know, batons do, but still with my sword and such, I will head back out and I will head to meet up with Edward. That's, that's my, fortunately, only option right now to get the fuck out of here as I have nothing else to do. Uh, give me a performance just to stride through because you are walking a weird route for this time of day. My Cthulhu dice are actually now going to be my new lucky dice because that's a 22. Okay, yeah. No one questions you. No one questions why you're walking without a partner. No one questions why you're walking a weird route. They just see uh, you striding along with two batons, not giving a shit. Say, it's, it's the reason I am the, you know, like, head guard who's, like, checking all the other guards out to make sure they're doing their shit. That's why I'm on a weird route because I'm the one who's making sure that everyone else is on their proper route. Yeah, everyone, all the guards are suddenly behaving a lot more than they usually do when they see you walk past. Oh shit, the guy with double batons is coming by. That must be important. Oh god, oh god. Quick, stop hitting the prisoners. Fucking bastards. Look busy. The boss is coming. <laughs> That's my line. No, you make it to the entrance quite easily. And like, last time you were fairly blurry as you walked in. Well, dragged in. It's very much like an airport security. It's mostly metal. There's like a few scanners set up. There are four guards visible in the front security. There's three kind of 
two kind of manning the various scanning and like prisoner belongings. There's one kind of leaning near the door, kind of taking count of people as they go in and out. And you can spot one at a desk in the corner doing what looks like paperwork. You don't spot Edward, but you have a feeling he's probably on the other side of the door and not helping because he's a dick. Yeah, son of a bitch. Not even my creation. This is fucking Alex's creation and he brought him to my world and now I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Charlemagne, looking at the situation. So there, the entrance, I'm going to have to go by them no matter what, obviously. Yes. I think I'm just going to walk right up to the situation. And I would like to walk up to the gate you know, counting the incoming and outcoming say oh, sorry uh, have to head out uh, was given a uh, assignment to pick up a few more prisoners on the outside and it glances up from where he's like, hey Charlie I thought you just brought in another guy I thought you were dealing with that one yeah, no, yeah. You thought I, I thought I was going to be dealing with him, but he unfortunately died. So they're sending me back out to grab a few more. Oh, is this is this a died or died? Yeah, I, I mean. The scientists you know, fucked this up again. Yeah, you know how they do it down there. It's it's not really a great system, but I'm heading back out to grab a few more of the you know individuals who they want to work with. That's a shame. That guy was a. They were very happy with capturing that guy. Yeah, he still died on the table like all the fucking rest of them, though. Do you ever think they were doing the wrong thing? You know, I'll think about that a lot, but then my paychecks keep cashing every time that I, you know, go and get them, so can't really question it. You really should get paid more. <laughs> you know, we should speak to the union on that one. Ha! <laughs> like we have a union. Maybe you All should right. start one, eh, Charlie? Ah, ah, yeah, I love our banter. Look, Charlie, I'm not meant to let you out this time of day, but if you can, if you can persuade old Roderick over there in the corner to let you nip out a bit early, I mean, your shift's not over for another two hours, but if you can convince him, I'll, I'll, I'll fudge the count, it's fine. Ah, you know me and Roderick are close, so I'll head over there and give him a good chance. Yeah, Roderick's close with anyone. He's barely close with a fucking cactus. That's why it's funny. That's why our banter's the best. Get out of here, Charlie. All right. And I'm gonna stride over to Roderick. Hey, uh, Roderick. I, I, I know it's a bit of a bother, but I gotta head out. Our scientists unfortunately killed what uh, what they were working on, and they've sent me out to grab another if you will, subject. Ew, Charlie. Charlie. I thought your shift your shift doesn't end for another two hours, my boy. Well, I know. That's why they're sending me out again. As I said, we had scientists had some issues and they need some more subjects to experiment on. You yes, know how this goes, Roderick. You know the procedure, my boy. You've been here a good few years. You know that... You don't leave the camp until after your shift, regardless of whether those imbeciles die on the table or not. Roderick, Roderick, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, mate. I'm just telling you, I'm getting sent out by the scientists to grab some more individuals from the outside 
And that's what I'm doing, Roderick. You know that. I'm not trying to bullshit you, bro. I'm here working with you, mate. And you know that we are not appreciated enough down here with all the work that we do for all these fucking scientists. But they're sending me out again. I know I only got two hours left on my shift. But they're like, you know what, Charlie? You gotta fucking do it anyways. And I go, but I don't want to. I only got these hours left. And they go, you ain't got a union. And I go, well, fuck, you're right. Give me a persuasion. That is a 17. Right. Just because we, because I'm sick of them killing these. If you're going to go to all this trouble of making us guard all these people, don't fucking kill them. It's bloody nightmare. So I'm, I'll let you out, but you cover my Saturday shift, all right? It's the anniversary. Wife wants me to take her somewhere nice, you know. Roderick, I will promise you right now that your Saturday shift will be covered because Saturday will be definitely covered without problem, Roderick. I gotcha. All right. Otherwise, I'm giving you the night shift in the shit block. You know what I mean? I salute. Scarpa, kid. I, 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 I do even the British salute the yeah, overhand. He throws a, an eraser at you as you walk off. Fucking it's Roderick. Little shit. <laughs> Fucking Roderick, you always gonna think it's a fucking joke. I try and work it on the fucking level. I'm kind of salute, dipshit. We ain't the Navy. That's why it's funny, Roderick. Your fucking face is funny. You get out the front door. You get out the front door and Edward's just stood by... Stood by a horse, actually. There's two. He's got, like, a fancier black... Like a black stallion with some saddlebags. It's just kind of... sat there and was like... Your steed, my lord. I will shift into the water. What is this, a Ganassi that all the way, way back when, that I clocked when we were all the way back in one of the first uh, towns we ever went to together? Yes, the water Ganassi. Yes, I will shift into that said water Ganassi as I'm walking up and I will mount the horse as I look at Edward and I will go, I do not like this at all, but I do this for a better cause. So, yes, lead the way. He kind of, he leads you round the camp more than anything. You kind of go round the coastline. And you go to kind of the back of the Sedair Isles. Like, it's a few hours ride, and you are basically holding on you are staying awake through sheer stubbornness. You are so screwed from the day. No, but you are, you get to kind of a, you get to a bay essentially. And Edward kind of slings off his horse, pulls out, pulls like the same dagger that Dakota gave you, that was her father's. It's that dagger again. And it goes, right, give me your arm. Charlemagne, very, takes him a moment, but for Dakota. And he puts his arm out. The armband dipshit. Oh. <laughs> but he puts the arm with the arm. You wouldn't take out. your fucking arm, Jesus. I'm kind of, he's muttering something. And like, it hurts your head to listen to. It's very much a language you don't know and have never heard of. It's very guttural. It's kind of... It's not a thistle or infernal, is it? Nope. 
It is not sure. a D&D language. Just making sure, because I do understand that as well. So no, you can't cast Comprehend Languages, Matt. Oh, I would not do that. You tell me I can't understand it. I will accept that. You cannot. But um, kind of he mutters, and you feel like the pressure loosens slightly. And in one swift movement, he slides the dagger under, tears it through, and the, the armband falls to the floor, the sand. And then kind of writhes as if it's alive before like melting into the sand in just kind of black goo. Similar to the stuff that was pumped into your veins and you're like, hmm, that's horrible. Well, I suppose I must thank you for that. Indeed. I have a feeling you want to meet up with your compatriots again, I take it. Yes. Unfortunately, though, I know that I told them to let it be. I can almost guarantee that they will not so they will not uh, i must as quickly as possible get back with them before they do something stupid that cannot be reversed well i personally i don't have a ship or anything so you're going to have to commandeer one i know there's a few skiffs and things around here Chances are they probably would have kept going. Nearest town for them to stock up and get supplies would be in Rewitch on the coastline. Without a full class galleon, it's going to take you two days to get there, but it's as good a place as any as they'll end up. Well, Edward, as it were, I must thank you again. And at this point, I must once again ask what what do you ask of me? I want I want to help Dakota and if she doesn't want to follow she doesn't want to follow my way as furious as that makes me and all the effort I've put in I get it but these reckless decisions are going to get her killed don't break a pact. I taught her that, but clearly she wasn't paying attention. You can take on part of her pact, and I will contact you when I discover a sustainable source for her fire. Because right now that fire is going to burn her from the inside out. Or we can go our own ways. I promise not to intervene with your group's shenanigans anymore and you find a solution to Dakota's condition before she dies you don't have to answer now I don't trust you one bit you shouldn't but I do feel in some way that you may be working in Dakota's best interest for the moment So if I have to, I I will work with you to save Dakota. Think about it, Charlemagne. And if you decide that that's what you want, drop, put three droplets of blood from your left pinky into a fire and I'll look in. Not immediately, because, you know, I'm I'm not a fucking summonable wizard. But I'll know, and I'll come. And we can make an agreement for Dakota. Well, then, until I guess we speak again, Edward. 
Try not to die, shall we? Try not to get summoned or destroyed by some, you know, unruly cult or angry hero. If I die in this world, there are dozens more of me out there. So no need to fret. Worry about your own world. Ciao. He's like sat like side saddle on the horse and just like <laughs> cops up like a fucking dick. You are now alone with many injuries, exhaustion, poison in your veins, a potential agreement and knowing that a kid you care quite deeply about is in severe danger and your party's about to do something stupid but you can't do anything about it because we're gonna end there i'm so sorry <laughs> i'd say even with that the only thing that Charlemagne could even feasibly do at this moment is pass the fuck out and oh it's having a party on the floor <laughs> at least eight hours to just try and recover from the hellscape they just escaped from. We should probably do an outro because the regular outro doesn't apply here. Oh yeah, we probably should. (laughs) Bloody generic. Hi, thanks for watching. Well, not watching, listening, because this is a podcast and visuals are for other dimensions. Technically, this is on Mind Games. Cool. Mind game dash Kate Marcy on SoundCloud because I took that domain because it was free. Aha, suck it. Nailed it. The rest of my campaign is in a playlist on there as well. I write articles about gaming and mental health when my mental health is not shite, so not very often. Haha. <laughs> Self-deprecation. But I take part in a lot of other cool campaigns over with the actual game junkies and dungeon junkies and Mr. Chad over here. On Visionaries Global Media. What's that like, Chad? Hmm? Uh, yeah, yeah. I am Chad, obviously, and I was the person who played Charlemagne slash Barris. The only other person. The <laughs> only other person on this wonderful episode here on The Mind Games, which was great. But yes, you can check out the rest of all the shenanigans we have on Dungeons and Junkies over on Visionaries Global Media, which is on just basically every other podcast and platform you can find. Search them out there, Visionaries Global Media. Find it on a podcast platform. Podcasting platform that you is. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but yes, if you want to hang out with me on Twitter, you can hit me up on Twitter at Chad's underscore mind or at view from top rope. And once again, you can listen to me on multiple podcasts over on Visionaries Global Media. So just check it out. It's a great place. They let me they let me stay there sometimes. I'm like that abandoned puppy under a bridge. <laughs> the wonderful abandoned puppy that we found. It's like it's like the episode of Futurama, except not as sad because neither of us are getting transferred to the future, so the puppy just has to die. Oh my god! Come back! Oh yeah! Don't kill me! The saddest, sad, sad episode. I'm I'm very confused. They go like I'm I'm Alex, I'm Gary, I'm we're out of here and uh, I, I I guess I'm Chad. I'm Caitlin and get the fuck off my website. <laughs> and we're out of here. Boom. <laughs>